0: Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. What a vitally important subject. We trust and pray that We will gather and glean together in the studying of our subject. Let us pray. Jesus, O Lord, our Lord, it's because of you that we are here. It's because of you that we have a desire to study your word, to receive your word. We need understanding. We need direction. We need anointing, for we are nothing without you. In fact, you told us that we can do nothing without you. We pray, bless our gathering together, our studying together of your word on this subject. In your name, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Our subject tonight, we're going to start with what is the Holy Ghost. I think that would be an appropriate beginning, just what we're talking about what is the holy ghost or holy spirit if you prefer Uh, and i have my notes all together for tonight and then one night this week i remember when it was i got to thinking about i want to start differently i'm from missouri i change you know with we're in indiana i change like the weather but anyway, we're going to begin. We're going to begin with returning to the book of Genesis, chapter two, because in a sense that's where it all begins. That's where it all begun. Uh, in Genesis chapter two, verse seven, where we have the reference there to God's creation of us, creating man. And there the Bible says the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And then notice it says, breathe into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. When we read this verse and read what uh, read about the creation of man here, that we're reminded of what Jesus said to his apostles on one occasion. The Bible said he breathed on them yeah. and said, receive you the Holy Ghost. But anyway... This is the condition of man in the very beginning when God created us from the dust of the ground. We didn't evolve from a monkey, at least I didn't. Uh, Let us read on in verses 23 through 25 of this same chapter and consider what it says there. Adam said, this is now bone of my... This is after uh, the woman was made from his rib he didn't know what was happening adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh and they were both naked the man and his wife and were not ashamed in reading this uh the woman is part of man And the Bible teaches us, it's obvious that when a woman was taken, when the woman was taken from the rib of Adam, they shared the same condition, the same relationship, the same connection with God. When God breathed into Adam, and I call him Adam, that's what we are familiar with. Actually, it's Adam, but I don't like Adam, (laughs) because I haven't heard Adam very often in the last... 50, 60 years, but I've heard Adam many times. It's kind of like the word Caesar. See, that's not the way you pronounce his name. But anyway, don't get off the subject, Wolf. Uh, when God breathed into Adam, <laughs> he placed a little of himself in ever in us. And since we are descendants of Adam, we have received that which God placed in him. But there's a unique difference, a very important difference and that is when God made Adam and He literally physically breathed into him, and Adam became a living soul. Right. Man as well as the woman. They were sinless, they were pure individuals. They didn't even know what sin was, as far as experimentally as, was concerned. They didn't they would find out, but it was to Adam that God gave the warning in chapter 6 chapter 2 as well in verse 16 and 17 The Lord God formed commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that thou shalt not eat of it for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die I've right. mentioned all of this and uh, to build up to the point that Man, of course, ate of that fruit and the woman, she's the one that ate of it first though. But uh, let's not bring her altogether, together because he did it with his eyes open. Right. And it was him that God specifically said, don't eat. He just should have been the man of the house and told her not to. But anyway, when man ate of that tree, he died because God said in the day you eat thereof, you shall die. And I know we could maybe pull in some ideas, you know. Man didn't live to a thousand years, so a thousand years with the Lord is as a day, and a day is a thousand years, so he died within a day. Well, I don't understand it that way. I don't believe it that way necessarily. But anyway, in the day he died, he died that day. Because the Bible tells us farther on in chapter 3 that, when uh, when God came down as He all, as He did each day to have a holy tryst with Adam, wouldn't that be a wonderful time? Have a conversation with God. Yes. Mm. Amen. And but Adam wasn't there. He wasn't at the place. And Adam, of course, God knew where he was. But God called out to Adam, "Adam, where art thou?" You know the story. Let me turn this thing. Off. You know the story. Uh, and the bible tells us that they had hidden behind some trees they had sowed some fig leaves to hide the cover of their nakedness. they were shamed they they found out what sin was all about adam died otherwise he wouldn't have put those fig leaves around him yeah. otherwise he wouldn't have hidden from god right. but he died not physically but he certainly died spiritually didn't he not, actually Adam lived to be about 960 years old, so he didn't die physically, obviously. Paul said in the Romans 5 and 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. And then in Ephesians 2 and 1, uh, Paul describes our condition uh, prior to us receiving the Holy Spirit when he said, You hath he quickened, who were dead, In trespasses and sins. So we, before we come to the Lord, we were in the condition that Adam was after he ate that fruit. The spirit of God withdrew from him. He died spiritually. He died spiritually and we were dead spiritually. And of course that expression that Paul used here, quicken, he hath quickened, we were quickened who were dead. The word quicken means make alive to make alive. Uh, in First Peter 3, verse 18, Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Now notice, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Again, made alive by, by the Spirit. It is the Spirit that brings us into relationship with God and back into harmony and fellowship that was lost In the garden. Jesus put it that way in the book of John 3 and verse 6 when he said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. When we get born again, as you know, and we've heard it time and again, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we are not changed physically. We still have the handsome face, don't we? We still have the rugged features. We still have a whatever kind of twang we have in our conversation, our voices, but we're changed inwardly. Our spirits change. We don't do what we used to do. And somebody said even the cat knows when we get the Holy Ghost when we go home. But anyway, to answer the question of our text, what is the Holy Ghost? It is simply and yet wonderfully that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is the spirit that our parents knew in the garden when they were first created, before they allowed uh, the devil to get the best of them and they ate of that forbidden fruit and lost that relationship with God. And now through the spirit, we have regained, if you will, that relationship spiritually that Adam lost literally or physically, We however you should put it. Without the spirit, we will never know the relationship and the fellowship with God I don't know how many churches we join How many preachers' hands we shake Without the Holy Ghost We cannot, that spirit Does not unite with our spirit Until we receive the Holy Spirit And speak in tongues Amen, Amen. Amen. Now, do a little examining here uh, This is where I, I meant to start To begin with And then I got detoured with this But the, what I detoured was pretty good, wasn't it? The, the The first place, let me just use some, you know, what is the Holy Ghost, find out where it all started and everything. Of course, it started in the garden, but then it had a 4,000-year detour, a bypass, if you will. The first place that we find the expression Holy Ghost is in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, and verse 18, the first place we find the word Holy Ghost. The Bible says there, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when. As his mother Mary was espoused of Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. That's the first place you'll find it in your Bible. And in the book of Luke chapter 1 and verse 35 is where we have the visitation of Gabriel with uh, Mary to inform her, this young teenage virgin, that you're going to have a baby, but it's going to be uniquely different than any other child the Bible in verse 35 says, the angel answered when she said, how can it be? I don't know a man. I'm not married yet with Joseph. He said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Uh, Therefore, that also that holy thing which uh, shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Now, we have the term Holy Spirit. That term is familiar, of course, with on, in both Old and New Testaments, but the term, but the term Holy Ghost. Let me back up and say that the the way I, I meant to say it. I guess I said it right. The Holy Spirit, the term Holy Spirit is found in the Old Testament and is found in the New Testament. The, but the term Holy Ghost is only found in the New Testament. Of course, it's only in the New Testament that we have the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's only in the New Testament where we have Jesus saying, if I don't go away, that spirit won't come back. And it said, because I'm going away, I'm going to send back the spirit. Now, one of the things that kind of uh, puzzles me uh, is I don't know why. I don't know why the translators chose to translate the Greek words ghost and spirit. I don't know why. Because both words are from the same Greek word, right. it's, it's the same. So if you want to say Holy Spirit, and I say Holy Ghost, or vice versa, versa vices, Brother Magudu say, yeah, we're we're calling and It's from the same Greek word, same Greek word. So we don't need to get up on our high horse and say everybody ought to say Holy Spirit. It's from the same Greek word. Uh, the term Holy Ghost is found. It's found over 90 times in the New Testament, over 90 times, and beginning again with Matthew 1 and verse 18 that we referred to to begin with. And also the last time it's found in the book of, in, in the New Testament is the book of Jude, uh, Jude chapter 1, and verse 20. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. We don't need a prayer book. We need to talk to God like we're talking to our Heavenly Father, praying in the Holy Ghost. If somebody said, pray till you pray, and then you'll pray the clouds away. Now, the first uh, one of whom it is said that they were filled with the Holy Ghost was John the Baptist. But that was unique. He's shown up because he was filled with the Holy Ghost before he was born. I don't understand these people that's arguing about. Uh, abortion. That's another subject, isn't it? That is so sickening. But anyway, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 1 and verse 15, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled. This is speaking of John the Baptist. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And then following John was his mother. Elizabeth in verse 41 of chapter Luke 1 It came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. I think that's when John got the Holy Ghost or received the Holy Ghost. Leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Um, The expression that's used, leaped in her womb, was I think when John was filled with the Holy Ghost because the Bible says that he would be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And then the third one that received the Holy Ghost was his father, Zacharias. In verse 67 of Luke 1, the Bible says, and his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost. So the whole family was filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the way every family ought to be. Now, it was said of Mary that the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. It is never, this is Mary. That Mary was told, uh, Gabriel said, "The Holy Ghost will come upon you, and you'll you'll be, you'll become pregnant." But it was never said that Mary received the Holy Ghost. It said, "The Holy Ghost will come upon you," and that's what caused the uh, the pregnancy. Was when God placed His sperm in the in the virgin's womb, and Mary, she'd receive the Holy Ghost, but we'll have to wait till we get to Acts chapter 2 to find that. Although she, with the Catholics say, she's deified and she's part of the Godhead now. But anyway, I don't believe that junk either. But And also the Bible tells us, uh, let me get my notes right here. Also that when Jesus was brought to the temple by Mary and Joseph to uh, circumcise him or to name him at circumcision, the Bible in chapter 2 of Luke 25 says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And notice the Bible said, the Holy Ghost was upon him. And again, the, the expression, the Holy Ghost was upon him. Uh, it does not say Simeon was filled with the Holy Ghost. It was upon him. He felt the Holy Ghost. It was not until we get to Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, that very familiar verse, where we have reference to people receiving the Holy Ghost after John, Zacharias, and Elizabeth. And of course, there the familiar story, they were all filled, with the, all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit <laughs> gave them utterance. Actually, there are five references to anyone being filled with the Holy Ghost, only five. First of all, Acts 2-4 that we just quoted, and and also Acts chapter 4 and verse 8, where the Bible says, Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm using the expression now, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying uh, there's only five statements about people having the Holy Ghost or receiving the Holy Ghost, but the reference filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 4 and 8, Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, spake unto them. Acts 4 and verse 31 when they had prayed, these, these are the apostles who had been before the Sanhedrin and, and uh, got on to because they were preaching the name of Jesus. They went back and had a prayer meeting, and this is the record of that prayer meeting. When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, they had already received it, but it's good to get filled again and again and again and again. Amen. Amen. They spake the word of God with boldness. And then in chapter 9, in verse 17, when Ananias went his way, entered into the house and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, uh, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 13, in verse 9, the fifth place. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. So I'm, I'm just picking out the expressions, filled with the Holy Ghost, the five places that this is found. There are several references in the book of Acts concerning how people experienced receiving the Holy Ghost. For instance, in Acts 1 and 5, Jesus is saying that, uh, he's quoting John the Baptist where John said that he would baptize, be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Baptize. When you baptize somebody, you, you dunk them under all over. You just get soaked wet, don't you? God soaked me. Soaked me again and again. In Acts 1 and 8, they, they, Jesus said you receive power at the, after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Acts two thirty eight, the familiar verse where Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In Acts 6 and verse 3, one of the requirements to be a, a deacon, as some feel, was that they would be full of the Holy Ghost. They were going to go wait on tables because of the Grecian widows that were being neglected, and the requirements was, if you're going to be a servant... To serve tables, you got to be full of the Holy Ghost. My my, isn't that awesome? In, in verse five, Stephen was one of those that was chosen, and the Bible said of him that he was full of the Holy Ghost. In Acts seven and verse fifty-five, Stephen is said of uh, being that he was he had was full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Acts seven and fifty-five. At Acts eight and verse seventeen, the Samaritans were said to have received the Holy Ghost. When Peter and John laid their hands upon them. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 44, while Peter was preaching to the Cornelius family, the Bible says the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And then also in Acts chapter 11 and verse 24, it was said of Barnabas that he was full of the Holy Ghost. And one other place in Acts 19 and verse 6, where Paul met those 12 disciples of Ephesus uh, the Bible says that when they heard what he had to say about the Holy Ghost and baptism, they were baptized, the Bible tells us in verse 6, in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, Paul laid his hands upon them. The Holy Ghost came on them. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. And I mention all that to emphasize the fact, you know, we, we don't get hung up on, did you receive the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Did it come upon you? Yeah. Did it enter you? Yeah. (laughs) It's it's expressions talking about the same thing. Again, to just mention nine different places, baptized with, come upon, filled with, the gift of, received, fell upon, was given, poured out, came on them. It's all speaking about the same experience. Same experience. Back in the olden days, I used to hear, hear people testifying, talking about, uh, I started says it seemed like mainly, uh, mostly among the colored folks, but I don't know, but we'd hear the expression, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, if you're saved, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're sanctified, you're sanctified by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. And filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter, in speaking of this glorious experience after the outpouring of the day of Pentecost, He stated that this same experience, it was not just for the 12, and it wasn't just for the 120. He said in verse 39 of Acts 2, It is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So we can have the Holy Ghost. We can receive the Holy Ghost in Medora, Indiana. So with this statement, Peter, he assures that all that would have experienced on that day of Pentecost it's continuing to be poured out. I'm one of those that don't believe the church ever died. Amen. It's been alive, and it's, it's, it's still alive. Amen. Still living. Amen. Amen. Now, God, of course, is no respecter of persons. Now, in Jesus, in the just to mention a couple of things here concerning the, the way translators translated the, the scriptures, in, in Luke chapter 11 and verse 13, Jesus said, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask him? Now look in the book of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11, where Matthew's recording the same thing, but he's recording it in his terminology, I guess we'll say. Matthew 7 and 11, if ye then, being evil, See, he's talking about the same, it's the same quotation, but it just, in reference to the Holy Ghost, it comes out differently. Uh, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Where Luke said the Holy Ghost, Jesus said good things. Well, there's nothing gooder than the Holy Ghost. So they were saying the same thing, but Matthew was wording it different from Luke or vice versa. Matthew used the term good things. Luke used the expression Holy Spirit. And it's obvious that Jesus was referring to the, well, the greatest gift that anyone could receive and uh, possess, and that is the Holy Ghost. Uh, receiving the Holy Ghost is receiving good things and, uh, from the Lord. And there is no thing that's richer or fuller or more precious uh, than being filled with God's Spirit. I wish that somehow we could convey that to people. The Holy Spirit that Luke referred to, that God grants to those who ask him, is not a reference to the same experience. Let me, let me put it this way. What Luke is referring to here about uh, the Holy Spirit in Matthew as well, it's not the same experience as what they receive at Pentecost because, again, obviously, the results were not the same. But it was unique because the church was being established, and Acts two is the birth of the church, and the beginning, if you will. The message is the same. We're also informed that some manuscripts uh, have the Good Spirit in Luke, Holy Spirit. Again, that's some manuscripts. The term Holy Spirit is found uh, employed used in the seven times in the Bible seven times, whereas the Holy Ghost is found over 90 times in the New Testament. The word Spirit, Holy Spirit, is only found seven times, four in the New Testament, and three in the Old Testament. Uh, The verse we mentioned in Luke chapter 11 and verse 13 is uh, use of the term Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, where Paul said, In whom you also trusted, After that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also that you believe you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And then uh, the reference to the sealing of the Holy Spirit is found in in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, where Paul says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. And the last place is in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 8. Where Paul wrote, therefore, uh, he therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. So again, that's the only places the term Holy Spirit is used. Now, I mentioned, but let me reiterate, that it's of interest that the translators, for some reason, I don't know, translated these expressions, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit goes they're from the same words whether it be old testament hebrew or new testament greek the word holy is from the same hagios it's from the same greek word and then the, the word holy uh, the, the word spirit our ghost whichever is as well the same greek word uh in the new testament and the same hebrew word in the old testament in the uh, in the New Testament, I don't—I I can't pronounce those words. It's kind of like pronoun, its kind of like spelling pneumonia. <laughs> you know, I would think pneumonia, n-e-w, uh-huh. mon, or Y-A-W. Well, it, it's—it's from—it's from the Greek word p-n-y-o-o. M a h, Julia, Manulia, but anyway, <laughs> the 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 word ghost, or rather, yes, the word ghost and word spirit is from this Greek word Yuna, Yuma, Yuma, and the word holy, again, uh, the Greek word is Hagios, Hagios. H-E- H-A-G-I-O-S Hagios So there's no difference in the word holy Even though Now this is something else too I, I don't want to go back up But I don't think Get uh, Hannah all confused here But uh, If you would I think that's what I want uh, Hannah would you put back up Luke 11 In verse 13 I think that's where it is Yeah, eleven thirteen. Notice the wording here, it says, Holy Spirit. You notice that? Holy Spirit. Now would you put up Ephesians 1 and 13 again? What does it say there about the Holy Spirit? I don't know if you caught it right. The word holy is in the lowercase, And in Luke 11, it's in the uppercase. But it's the same Greek word. They're both holy. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. But again, I don't know why. I don't know. You know, if I was a translator, it, it looks like you would translate it the same because it's the same word. And it looks like you would translate it the same every Every place regardless, but again, in Luke, uh, it's it's a capitalized holy and a capitalized spirit. Whereas in these other places that we read in, in uh, uh, Ephesians, uh, yeah, Ephesians 4 and 30, it's lowercase holy, uppercase spirit. Uh, the same in the book of First Thessalonians 4 and verse 8, and the same in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. Whereas in Luke chapter eleven and verse thirteen, it's uppercase holy. Uppercase holy, amen. So, I guess I could say it like this: When you receive the Holy Ghost, some of you spoke in tongues for a long time. Some of you spoke in tongues for just a short while. When we were preaching in uh, uh, down south Oxley, there was two brothers that were seeking. They had been seeking the Holy Ghost for years. And I don't know if the, one of them has ever received it. But anyway, they would pray so earnestly, pray so earnestly. And uh, we tried and tried and prayed with them, whatever. But anyway, one of them, the older one, I believe it is, Mark, one night he 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 got carried away and went off to himself, like off to the side, and uh, accepted the fact that he, he'd spoken tongues. He didn't speak in tongues for 40 minutes, but he spoke in tongues. And when he got home, he told his wife, uh, Sherry, said, I spoke in tongues tonight. And he couldn't understand himself. He was so excited. But Charlie, bless, him, bless his heart, never did. Never did. But he didn't, Mark didn't speak in tongues for an hour, but he received the Holy Ghost. Right. As far as I know, he's still rejoicing in it. Some of us, I laid my back for plus an hour and a half plus. But I, I didn't receive any more of the Holy Spirit Amen. than somebody that received it in just a little while. Or in just a little while I remember an elderly woman Of course I wouldn't consider her Elderly now But <laughs> But I can remember in, in, our, in our storefront church In St. Louis, Brother Skaggs I can remember I this woman coming to the altar And she knelt right uh, In front, kind of in front of the, the pulpit The platform And just was bowing her head and was praying You could hardly hear what she was saying I thought, woman, you're not know going to receive the Holy Ghost you know, you're supposed to hop and holler and holler and carry on. whoo Shout. She received the Holy Ghost just whispering there, kind of like Hannah when she was praying. And the Eli said, you're drunk? No, I've I'm, I'm, got a burden here. But she received the Holy Ghost very quiet-like. Again, it, it's it's we all receive the Holy Ghost, but we don't all act the same way. Right. Amen. But it's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. So... If some jump and holler, that's great. If some just kind of glory, hallelujah, that's good too, as long as they receive the same spirit. Again, holy is from the Greek word hagios. Uh, and let, let me go to the Old Testament and hurry here. The three places where the those expression is found in the Old, and we got it here in the Old Testament too. The three places in the Old Testament where the term Holy Spirit is found is in Psalms 51, 51 in verse 11, this is the prayer of David when he was praying to God to forgive him of the experience of the, uh, what he had with Bathsheba, the sin. That he's prayed, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And you'll notice it's lowercase holy. And Isaiah 63 in verse 10. But they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore he was turned to be their enemy, and he fought against them. And also in verse 11, the next verse of Isaiah 63, then he remembered the days of old Moses and his people, saying, where is he that brought them up out of the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he that put his Holy Spirit within him? Again, in all of these, uh, in these places, now there, uh, again, a difference here Uh, That I want to point out In regards to these three places In Psalm 51 and 11 We have the word spirit In lowercase Both words are in lowercase Holy Spirit Where David is praying While in the two places in Isaiah The word spirit is in the uppercase Capital S But in each place The Hebrew word is the same no difference. Holy is from the Hebrew word kodesh. Kodesh. Now I can, although it's not spelled right, kodesh. It's Q-O-D-E-S-H. Kodesh ought to start with a K, shouldn't it? Mm-hmm. But anyway, or something like that. But, uh, it, the, the word holy is kodesh, and the word spirit is ru, ruach. Ruach. Uh, so again, it's the same Hebrew word, but for some reason the translators Translated it differently, uh, the earth in in Genesis chapter one and verse two, the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit, capitalized the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and it's it's I think we could compare that with the experience that the Old Testament people had, God's spirit. Moved upon them God 's spirit touched them God's spirit blessed them, but there are obvious there's no no reference to any of them receiving his spirit or being filled with his spirit because that could not happen or would not happen until Pentecost as far as uh, our experience is concerned. the Holy Spirit is speaking of the presence that was emanating from Elohim, emanating from God, moving upon the waters. And that moved upon the people of God. It was the, we could call it the Shekinah. You know, that expression is used concerning when God's spirit would come down and fill the tabernacle. Remember when it was first set up in Exodus chapter 40? They put everything in place, all the articles of furniture. And then Bible said they brought the ark in and put it in the most holy place. And when that took place, the glory of God filled it. And then the priests had to come out. They couldn't go in because of the glory of God of God. God's Shekinah hovered over the tabernacle. There were occasions when it would come down and 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 fill that tabernacle. It would lift up and take them to the next campsite. But anyway, it was also in Exodus, what is it, twenty five thirty two, where the Bible said, God said, I will meet with you there between the cherubims on the mercy seat. It was God's Shekinah, it was God's Spirit meeting there. And I think we could say also it was God's spirit that was moving those mulberry trees when David said, Lord, shall I go fight the Philistines? And God said, not this time. You wait till you hear the sound of the going in the top of the mulberry trees. Now, it is the Holy Spirit because it's his spirit because he alone is holy. Remember what Jesus said to the rich young ruler? Why are you calling me good? I'm not good. There's only one good, and that's God. So there's only one that's holy and that's God. Amen. Psalm 99 and verse 5, it says, Exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. He is holy. Yes. So of God alone it is said that he is holy. We are not holy regardless of what we may do or not do. What we do doesn't make us holy. It is, in fact, it is not in man alone to be holy. If we don't have the Holy Ghost, we're not holy. If we have the, if we are holy, we have the Holy Ghost. I guess we'll say, without the Spirit, we can never be holy on our own. It's only by the Spirit that we become holy, Amen. and a child and usable in His service. The Holy Spirit that's mentioned in the Old Testament. Uh, let me check my iPad. So that, yeah, that's what you, I'm running out of here. I I got a timer here. I thought of it this time. Uh, the Holy Spirit that's mentioned in the Old Testament speaks to us of the Spirit of Jehovah. God did not walk among men in the flesh because he is a spirit. According to John 4:24. In the Bible in John 1:18 says no man has seen God at any time. One could not uh, see the spirit any more than they could see the wind. And Jesus of course used that comparison with the spirit. Throughout the Old Testament, we have reference to the Spirit moving upon men, but we never have a reference to the Spirit dwelling in them. Because again, it was not time. The Old Testament could not perfect. The Old Testament was a schoolmaster to teach us, to expose our sins and condition. But the day would come when Jesus would come, God would come in the flesh. And it's because of his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension that he sends back His spirit to indwell us, to live within us. The Old Testament was the law, the law that could never perfect the worshiper or the seeker of God, and it would not be until the death and the resurrection of Christ that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit would occur. Amen and men would experience. as long as there were sacrifices of goats and lambs and bullocks, uh, this could only push. Our cover until the next time, the next atonement day. As long as the law was in effect, man could not know and never know, experience the infilling of the Spirit in their life. It was the Spirit that dwelt with mankind throughout the Old Testament era. But the references we have in the New Testament concerning how that we could receive this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit is after Calvary. After the death the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus Christ. And again, he said he would send back his spirit, which he did. What we have when we receive the Holy Ghost is the spirit of the resurrected Christ. It is his Holy Spirit. And that could not be, I guess we'll say, available to us until the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. When David prayed, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, David obviously as well as the, the prophets and others, they felt something. God was present with them. How, how else could Elijah prophesy? I hear the sound of abundance of rain. How else could he see clouds that nobody else could see? How else could he prophesy unless God anointed him and he felt the spirit? The spirit sometimes with a still small, small voice but yet it was there present with them there was but they had it momentarily they had it with them for a present or a period of time but you and I when we receive the holy ghost some of us many years ago it's still present it's still just as real it's still just as valuable it's still just as precious tonight as it was then amen the bible tells us in one instance about moses uh, who walked with God and he was the one that talked with God face to face. And, and one time when he was up there for 40 days and 40 nights, but he was up there twice like that. Uh, but anyway, one time when he come down, the Bible tells us that he had to put a veil on his face in Exodus 34 and 29 because he had been in the presence of God so much that God's glory emanated from him. And his face was shining, so he put a veil on himself so because the people couldn't. My, I would like to have seen that, wouldn't you? Mm. Now I've seen preachers get red faced, <laughs> and, and, and the veins in the neck sometimes start bulging, you know. But I've I've never seen a preacher that was so so veiled with the glory of God I was like, whoa, preacher, turn your head again. No, but this this is to emphasize God was with them but they never had the opportunity. We are privileged and blessed people. Amen. Now, also Enoch was one that walked with God, and one time he just kept walking into heaven. The Bible in the book of Hebrews 11 and 5 said, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, was not found because God had translated him, Uh, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. So again, here was a man that was so close to God. Uh, you know what? Sure, he was close to God. Noah was too. Bible says he was perfect. You can't get perfecter than perfect. So, but yet it was, yet 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 Enoch, God took him to heaven. Eli, you know, Elisha had... Twice as many miracles as Elijah did. He received a double portion. Twelve, one of them was after he was dead, but anyway, it was still him. Uh, but anyway, but Elisha wasn't taken to heaven in a whirlwind. So that doesn't mean that Elijah was more, more spiritual than Elisha. The same God was with him. But that was a purpose for Enoch. That was a purpose for Elijah. There was a reason for them, Amen. Amen. So when we when we see somebody that's blessed in, in doing a work for God, and, oh hush, my time's up. You hear that? You didn't hear that time did but, but but anyway, when somebody's I I, I I I I I'm not, I don't know what to say. Uh, you know, some preachers are so dynamic, mama. My, my. So some preach so, and 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 I look at them and hear them. I say, man, I wish I could say it like that. Wish I could preach like that. Well, I'm walls, and I'm not going to lose sleep because I can't preach like Tim Gill. Now, these in these examples, it was never stated that Elijah was filled with the Spirit, that Enoch was filled with the Spirit. It was not said, let me put it this way, and I'll hurry. Let me put it this way. It was not said that Enoch was perfect, but it says Noah was. But God has a reason. We can't all do the same thing. God doesn't use us all the same way. So whatever gift that God has granted us to have, use it to the best of our ability be pliable in the hand of God. And if time comes along and God wants you and something other, some other, he'll, 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 he'll open up the door. He'll send that whirlwind and the chariot. He'll say, come on and walk to heaven with me. Amen. But anyway, even the references we have of John and Elizabeth and Zacharias where it stated, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. It occurred before Calvary, of course. So it must have been a special visitation Because, again, there was only one John the Baptist. And to have a John the Baptist, there had to be a unique Zacharias. And there had to be a unique Elizabeth. So God, he may have stepped out of the norm in order to choose that special spokesman because there had to be a voice in the wilderness that would come proclaiming, the king is coming, the Lord is coming, Messiah is coming. So he uniquely, God uniquely used them And bless them in a different way. And Jesus said in John 16 and 7 that he would send the Holy Spirit. Notice, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. God, thank you for sending your Spirit. So again, we reiterate it was necessary. for the Lord to die, for there to be a resurrection. If there had never been a resurrection, we wouldn't be sitting here tonight. Amen, Brother Weininger. charlatans. Amen. Amen. Yeah, this is one of the, to me, a very, very sad indictment against. Uh, I started to say the problem or whatever uh, blame lies with the the pastor, the minister, but really (laughs) it applies to anybody. I know the pastor, the minister should be, he's, Supposed to be the teacher and he should teach the truth, but the people that sit in the pew, it's kind of like that Ocasio Caso Cortez, if you believe you, woman. Uh, I read something recently, I heard something recently about Obama uh, brought in, I think it was 70,000, believe it 70,000 Islam people into her district, her region. So, no wonder she got voted in, but. It's not that, you know she's dumb. she's dumber than a, ball, a bag of rocks, but, but the poor people that voted for her. But anyway <laughs> the Holy Spirit was, which was received by believers since Calvary, is the spirit of the resurrected Christ. Amen. And one more verse, now you may stand, one more verse. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, where Paul said, uh, which emphasizes that the spirit we have dwelling within us is the spirit of the resurrected Christ. Because Paul said, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Oh, it's wonderful. I'm praying somebody receive the Holy Ghost during these weeks that need the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.